Hey everyone, this is Ted O'Connell. Thank you for checking out the Med Prep to Go USMLE Step 3 podcast sample episodes. If you find that this audio content brings value to your studies, we encourage you to go to medpreptogo.com and check out the subscription podcast. You'll be able to see the entire content outline Dr. Raj Dasgupta and I put together, and you can subscribe if it looks like the audio content will help you succeed on USMLE Step 3. The podcast is completely ad-free and includes over 50 hours of high-yield material for the USMLE Step 3 exam. If you found this Step 3 podcast, there's a good chance you've listened to the Crush Step 1 or the USMLE Step 2 Secrets podcasts, you've used our free question bank, or you've listened to Dr. Raj's Beyond the Pearls podcast. We hope that whatever you've used in the past has helped you with your studies. As you may know, the goals of MedPrep to Go are to allow you to study on the go to get time back in your day and also to help cut the costs of medical education. We think we've priced the Step 3 podcast very competitively to bring you a great product while allowing us to cover the costs of putting this together and keep it hosted without ads. So thank you for checking this out and for your ongoing engagement with our content. In this episode, we're going to cover hematologic malignancies, and we'll start just by going broadly about the blood dyscrasias that may show up on the USMLE Step 3 exam. And what we're going to do is really highlight age differences with these, as well as kind of key trigger words and descriptions that may show up in the vignette. So starting with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL, This is seen in children with a peak between the ages of three and five years. You'll typically see pancytopenia, and it may present with bleeding, anemia, or fevers. And there's an association between ALL and a history of radiation therapy, and also with Down syndrome. Acute myelogenous leukemia, or AML, is seen over the age of 30 years also presents with pancytopenia. So again, looking for anemia, bleeding, and potentially fevers. If you see a description of our rods in the vignette, you want to go right to a diagnosis of AML. It can also be associated with disseminated intravascular coagulation. Chronic myelogenous leukemia, or CML, is typically seen between the ages of 30 and 50 years, It will often present with a markedly elevated white blood cell count of over 50,000. It's associated with the Philadelphia chromosome. So if you see that in the vignette, head straight towards a diagnosis of CML. Uh, Blast crisis is another association, and it can also present with splenomegaly. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or CLL, is typically seen over the age of 50 years. It's more common in males. It can present with lymphadenopathy, lymphocytosis, various infections, and splenomegaly. And you may see the association with smudge cells in the vignette. Hairy cell leukemia is seen in adults. On the blood smear, look for hair-like projections, and it may also be associated with splenomegaly. Mycosis fungoides and Cesare syndrome presents over the age of 50 years. 
And this presents with a plaque-like itchy skin rash that does not improve with typical treatments. A blood smear shows cerebriform nuclei known as butt cells. Pathology pouchrier abscesses will be seen in the epidermis. Burkitt lymphoma is seen in children and is associated with Epstein-Barr virus infection in Africa. On histology, look for a description of a starry sky. Central nervous system B-cell lymphoma is seen in adults, particularly those who have HIV infection and AIDS. T-cell leukemia is seen in adults and is caused by the HTLV-1 virus. Hodgkin disease is typically seen between the ages of 15 and 34 years. Look for the classic Reed-Sternberg cell. This can present with night sweats and painless cervical lymphadenopathy, and notably, the lymph nodes become painful with alcohol consumption. Non-Hodgkin lymphoma can occur at any age. The small follicular type has the best prognosis, while the diffuse large type has the worst prognosis. The primary tumor may be located in the gastrointestinal tract, although it actually can be almost anywhere. Myelodysplasia and myelofibrosis typically occurs over the age of 50 years. It presents with anemia, and you may see teardrop cells described. Bone marrow biopsy will typically be a dry tap. There's an association with CML, and the MCV and RDW are classically high. Multiple myeloma is typically seen over the age of 40 years. Look for the Bentz-Jones protein. You may also be presented with osteolytic lesions, a high serum calcium level, anemia, and renal impairment. So remember, if you see that combination of um, abnormal creatinine and anemia, you really need to be thinking about multiple myeloma as a potential cause. Waldenstrom macroglobulinemia typically occurs over the age of 40 years, can present with hyperviscosity syndrome. You may see an IgM spike or cold agglutinins described, and the patient may have Raynaud phenomenon with cold sensitivity. Polycythemia vera typically presents over the age of 40 years, and it presents with a high hematocrit and hemoglobin, and it's treated with um, phlebotomy. Remember, one of the key differentiating factors with polycythemia vera is when people get into water, and particularly warm water, um, they'll get pruritus, diffuse itching. So if you see that, be thinking about polycythemia vera. And then primary thrombocythemia typically occurs over the age of 50 years. Platelet count is typically over 1 million cells per milliliters. And these patients may have either bleeding or um, a thrombotic pattern. Now let's differentiate between acute leukemia and chronic leukemia. In acute leukemia, look for a proliferation of minimally differentiated cells such as myeloblasts and lymphoblasts. There should be more than 20% blasts in the bone marrow in acute leukemia. Chronic leukemia is marked by 
proliferation of more differentiated cells, such as lymphocytes and myelocytes. For acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL, it's most common in children and has a higher incidence in those with Down syndrome, as we previously mentioned. They may present with nonspecific symptoms, such as fever, sore throat, and lethargy. And you want to be starting to think about ALL as a possibility if there is persistent fever, particularly if it also presents with easy bruising or bone pain. Now let's talk about diagnosis and treatment of ALL. This will typically present either with an elevated or a depressed white blood cell count, a markedly decreased platelet count, and elevated levels of LDH and uric acid. Lymphoblasts will be seen on peripheral blood smear. The diagnosis is confirmed with a bone marrow biopsy, and it's also important to order a chest X-ray, a CT scan, and a lumbar puncture to evaluate for extramedullary involvement and metastases. This is treated with chemotherapy, and the prognosis is determined by the age of onset and the results of cytogenetic studies, but five-year survival rates are now the greater than 85% in children, though adults have much lower cure rates in the neighborhood of 30 to 40%. Most cases of acute myelogenous leukemia, or AML, occur in adults. Look for symptoms that are similar to those for ALL, such as persistent fever, fatigue, easy bruising, anemia, and frequent infections. These patients may also have central nervous system involvement, gingival hyperplasia, or disseminated intravascular coagulation. In terms of diagnosing AML, look for an increase in myeloid cell lines, as well as a decreased leukocyte alkaline phosphatase, or LAP, and elevated uric acid levels. A peripheral blood smear will show a predominance of myeloblasts. Also look for our rods as a key uh, piece of word association on the USMLE step three. And then the diagnosis is confirmed with a bone marrow biopsy. AML is classified into subtypes and the treatment depends on the subtype. Um, but chemotherapy and sometimes bone marrow transplantation is the key to treatment. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or CLL, is a malignancy of mature lymphocytes that's usually seen in older patients, most typically over the age of 65. CLL is an indolent disease characterized by fatigue, lymphadenopathy, and hepatosplenomegaly. It's sometimes diagnosed incidentally when a CBC reveals lymphocytosis. When you're thinking about CLL, look for lymphocytosis alone on a CBC with normal hemoglobin, normal hematocrit, and normal platelet counts. A peripheral blood smear will show many small lymphocytes. The diagnosis can be confirmed with a bone marrow biopsy where you'll be looking for smudge cells, and CD5 expression. Asymptomatic patients with CLL do not require treatment. 
If the patient is symptomatic or has advanced stage CLL, the treatment is radiation therapy for localized CLL or chemotherapy for advanced CLL. Chronic myelogenous leukemia, or CML, is a malignancy of myeloid cells that typically occurs in middle-aged adults. It typically remains in a chronic phase for several years and then transforms into an acute leukemia as a blast crisis, which often results in death within just a few months. CML may be found incidentally on a CBC that reveals leukocytosis. In a symptomatic patient, look for nonspecific symptoms like fever, fatigue, malaise, night sweats, and weight loss. The symptoms of an acute blast crisis include fever, weight loss, bone pain, and splenomegaly. In terms of diagnosing CML, look for a markedly elevated white blood cell count, often greater than 150,000 cells per microliter, along with leukocytosis, prominence of myeloid cells with basophilia on a peripheral blood, blood smear, decreased leukocyte alkaline phosphatase, and an elevated B12 level. Confirm the diagnosis with demonstration of the classic Philadelphia chromosome or the BCR-ABLE complex via cytogenetic analysis, FISH analysis, or reverse transcription polymerase chain reaction for blood or bone marrow samples. CML is treated with tyrosine kinase inhibitors such as imatinib, dasatinib, or nilotinib. Bone marrow transplantation is an option for some patients who are in the blast phase. Hodgkin lymphoma is a malignancy of Reed-Sternberg cells, which are B-cell origin, for which the typical presentation is cervical adenopathy, as well as the so-called B-symptoms, that is fevers, night sweats, and weight loss, which is typically over 10% over the course of less than six months. Hodgkin lymphoma is diagnosed via biopsy of an enlarged lymph node looking for the presence of Reed-Sternberg cells. Staging is based on the Ann Arbor system and includes a number, 1 to 4, according to the anatomic location of the tumor, and either A or B symptoms, where A indicates the absence of symptoms, and the B symptoms are those previously described. Again, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. Treatment is with combination chemotherapy. Non-Hodgkin lymphoma is a diverse group of malignant neoplasms derived from B-cell progenitors, T-cell progenitors, mature T-cells, and sometimes natural killer cells. The symptoms and diagnosis are similar to those for Hodgkin lymphoma, and this is also treated with combination chemotherapy. Multiple myeloma is a malignancy of plasma cells that's typically seen in older adults. Look for fatigue, frequent infections, back pain, pathologic fractures, and signs and symptoms of hypercalcemia. And remember, if you see a patient with 
anemia, renal issues, hypercalcemia, or bone pain, or any combination of those, you really need to be thinking about multiple myeloma in your differential diagnosis. In order to diagnose multiple myeloma, order a serum protein electrophoresis, an SPEP, to look for monoclonal immunoglobulin. Other important tests to include are a CBC, a chemistry screen, including calcium, albumin, creatinine, LDH, and beta-2 microglobulin, as well as serum-free monoclonal light chain analysis. A bone marrow biopsy should be performed to confirm the diagnosis, looking for more than 10% plasma cells. And you also want to get a full-body skeletal survey, essentially x-rays of the entire body, to look for osteolytic lesions of the skull and long bones. There are several chemotherapy regimens for treating multiple myeloma that are beyond the scope of what you'll be tested on for the USMLE Step 3 exam, so we won't go into that. But it is important to know how to treat the signs, the symptoms, and the complications of multiple myeloma. So let's go through those in some detail. For a patient presenting with hypercalcemia, this is typically treated with hydration, steroids, and bisphosphonates, such as pomidronate or zoledronic acid. For a patient presenting with renal insufficiency, you want to remember to avoid any nephrotoxic agents, maintain their hydration status, and perform plasmapheresis or hemodialysis as needed. Bone pain from skeletal lesions can be treated with bisphosphonates or with local radiation. For the potential for infections, you want to make sure these patients are given pneumococcal vaccine, yearly influenza vaccine, and the topic of prophylactic antibiotic administration is controversial, so you're not going to see that on the USMLE Step 3. For anemia, this can be treated with erythropoietin as needed and potentially with red blood cell transfusions as needed. Hyperviscosity syndrome is treated with plasmapheresis. And for the potential for thrombosis, there's no specific treatment for this, but you do need to be aware that patients who have multiple myeloma are at higher risk of both venous thromboembolism and arterial thromboembolism. So they can present with stroke, with transient ischemic attack, myocardial infarction, or peripheral arterial disease. 